right, hello and welcome to the first episode of Screen Facts with Jason Davis. I'm your host, and I thought uh, for the first episode of Screen Facts, I would talk about Rocky. Rocky was uh, the first non-Disney or animated movie that I remember seeing as a kid in a movie theater. Uh, I was seven when my mom took me to see it. And I'll tell you, I love this movie so much. I went out, I got the soundtrack. I mean, who isn't fired up anytime they hear Gonna Fly Now? If that music doesn't get your heart pounding a little bit more, uh, I don't know, check your pulse. Because it's just so inspirational, that music. And uh, I liked it so much, I even drank raw eggs. I know, disgusting. Trust me, it tasted disgusting. I don't recommend it. And certainly wouldn't do it again now. Uh, I've enjoyed all of the Rocky movies. Rocky V, obviously the weakest and probably not one that I revisit as much as the others. But uh, I think that Sylvester Stallone did a great job bookending Rocky with Rocky Balboa in 2006, which I might or might not talk about in a different episode of this. But hard to believe that Rocky is coming up on its 40th anniversary uh, at the end of next year. The film was originally released December 3rd, 1976 in the U.S., Directed by John G. Avildsen, who also directed The Karate Kid, the movie was written by Sylvester Stallone, stars Sylvester Stallone, Talia Shire, Burt Young, Burgess Meredith, and Carl Weathers. I went to Philly for my best friend Tim's 40th birthday in 2012, and my wife Sue and I actually went to the Rocky statue. It was the first time I'd ever seen it, and uh, it was kind of cool. You know, I mean, it's not up on the on the top of the stairs anymore like it was in Rocky Three. But it's still there, and you can still take your picture with it and all that kind of stuff. And it's just kind of neat to see that that, that is that iconic. And um, if you go to the top of the steps of the Philadelphia Museum of Art, you can actually stand in the bronzed soles of Sylvester Stallone's Converse sneakers. They're in the cement at the top of the stairs there. It's kind of cool to see that. Rocky is a part of Americana. It's timeless. When this movie came out, it was well-received both at the box office and also uh, by critics and the Academy. It actually won a few Oscars. It was nominated for a bunch, but uh, it won for Best Picture, Best Director, and Best Editing. It's actually the first sports film to win Best Picture. And by the way, this is an interesting thing. Also the third movie in five years at that time that Talia Shire was in that won Best Picture. She was in The Godfather and The Godfather Part Two in 1972 and 1974. And uh, then 1976, Rocky. So didn't hurt being related to Francis Ford Coppola, I guess. Now, Stallone was nominated for Best Actor. He became the third person to be nominated for both acting and writing in the same year, following Charlie Chaplin for The Great Dictator in 1940 and Orson Welles for Citizen Kane in 1941. As it turns out, Rocky was the last film that Charlie Chaplin saw just months before he died. Nominations for Best Actress for Talia Shire... Best Supporting Actor for Burt Young, who plays Polly, and Burgess Meredith, of course, who plays Mickey. Also won a Best Drama Golden Globe. Most famous tagline from the movie, his whole life was a million to one shot. Oh, no, wait, actually, I should probably do it like this. His whole life was a million to one shot. So uh, the film was shot in 28 days, a budget of just under a million bucks. Now, it went on to become the highest grossing film of 1976. It made $117.2 million in U.S. theaters, then another $56.5 million in rentals. And that, that was a lot of money back in 1976. And, you know, you got to remember, this is before Star Wars. You know, it was right after Jaws. So, I mean, this was a pretty big film at that time. It's been pretty well documented that Stallone was inspired to write the screenplay uh, after witnessing the Chuck Wepner-Muhammad Ali fight on March 24, 1975 in Ohio. 
If you're not familiar with this story and the fighter, Weppner was 36 years old. He was considered, at best, a moderate talent. He wasn't really expected to do much, you know, in a fight against Ali, maybe last three rounds or so. Uh, the longer the fight lasted, the more amazed people were. In fact, Chuck Weppner knocked Ali down in the ninth round. Ali has always said that Weppner was standing on his foot when he fell, but who knows. Ali went on to just beat up Webner for the rest of the fight. He broke his nose. He opened up a couple of big cuts over his eyes. Webner kept moving forward. And that was what was the main inspiration for Sylvester Stallone to write this movie. Sylvester Stallone wrote the first draft of the script in three days. Now, it went through a lot of rewrites, nine sizable rewrites before it was purchased by the producers Erwin Winkler and Robert Chardoff. Originally, uh, Sylvester Stallone's script... Uh, was very dark. It, it depicted Mickey as a bitter old racist, and the film ended with Rocky throwing the fight after realizing that he didn't want to be part of the professional boxing world. Thank God, thank God, that wasn't what they went with for the uh, for the final film because that would have been terrible. After Winkler and Chardoff became interested in the script, they actually offered Sylvester Stallone at that time a lot of money, three hundred fifty thousand dollars for the rights to the script. He refused to sell unless they agreed to allow him to star in the film. Now, you want to talk about balls of steel and betting on yourself. At the time, Sylvester Stallone had only $106 in the bank, no car. He was even trying to sell his dog, Butkus, who's featured in the movie. The actual dog in the movie is Sylvester Stallone's dog. He was trying to sell him because he couldn't afford to feed the dog he was so poor. In fact, prior to breaking through in Rocky, Stallone was earning $36 a week as an usher. The producers finally agreed to cast Stallone in the movie, but only on the condition that he continue to work as a writer without a fee and that he worked as an actor for scale. Stallone earned $23,000 for this movie. After they purchased the film, they took it to United Artists, the studio that made the film. They envisioned a budget of $2 million, but that was on the basis of having you know, an established star, a guy that could maybe bring people to the theaters. They, they were talking about Robert Redford playing Rocky, Ryan O'Neill, Burt Reynolds, James Caan. When the producer said that the only way they can get Stallone to sell the screenplay was if they cast him, United Artists cut the budget to $1 million. And then they said to Chardoff and Winkler, hey, you're going to sign these agreements that if the film goes over budget, you're going to be personally liable. You're going to have to pay for that. What ended up happening was the final cost of the film was like $1.1 million to make. Chardoff and Winkler mortgaged their homes to complete the project. A couple of other people were considered for some of the other roles as well. Cher, believe it or not, was considered for the role of Adrian. I'm not sure how that would have worked. Susan Sarandon had auditioned, but she wasn't cast because they actually thought she was too attractive to play the role. And they even said that about Talia Shire, but then Talia Shire came to the audition dressed down and she got the role. And Bette Midler had said in an interview in 1980 that her manager at the time turned down the role thinking that, eh, it's, it's a good little movie, but not really right for her. And she kind of feels like she missed out on something, obviously. And originally, real-life boxer Ken Norton, who fought Muhammad Ali, he was offered the role of Apollo Creed, but he was a big guy. He was like 230 pounds, and they thought he would have made Stallone look too small at the time. So Carl Weathers, who ended up playing Apollo Creed in the movie, of course, had an interesting thing happen. Uh, during his audition, he was sparring with Sylvester Stallone, and he accidentally punched him right on the chin. Now, Stallone said, you know, hey, calm down, buddy. You know, it's only an audition. Relax. And Weathers said that if he was allowed to audition with a, quote, real actor, not a stand-in, he would be able to do a lot better. The director smiled, and he said, well, actually, Stallone is the actor, and the writer of the movie, too. 
Weathers looked at Stallone. He thought about it for a second. He said, well, maybe he'll get better. And of course, that got him the role immediately, right on the spot. So prior to the beginning of shooting, Sylvester Stallone trained for six months. Uh, He worked with a legendary fight trainer at the time, Jimmy Gambina, who also happened to be the film's technical advisor. He plays the role of Jimmy the trainer from Mighty Mix Boxing. And he also studied, Stallone studied every available piece of footage of boxers Rocky Marciano and Ezard Charles. So he really submersed himself into this character. I think he, he knew what was at stake. And it really paid off because he's really great in the movie. It was a career-defining role for him. The outfit that he wears, the trademark outfit, the black fedora and the leather coat, ended up coming from a local hand-me-down store in the neighborhood where they were filming in Philadelphia. So some of the other neat stuff that happened behind the scenes, you know, that ended up making the film even better. The famous scene where Rocky and Adrian kiss for the first time in Rocky's kitchen. Originally, it wasn't scripted the way it was shot. Talia Shire had the flu and was actually worried about getting Sylvester Stallone sick. So she really didn't want to kiss him. She felt bad about that. And her hesitation and her awkwardness uh, actually elevated the scene. It it really improved um, the way the scene was scripted. So they just decided to keep it. It ended up making the scene even better. When they go on the date to the ice rink, originally that scene was written to feature 300 extras. Unfortunately, there wasn't enough money in the budget for that between getting all the people there and then they'd have to clean up the ice and all that kind of stuff. So when Sylvester Stallone turned up to shoot the scene, there was only one person there, one extra. So they kind of had to quickly throw together a new version of that scene for the film. And that's what they did. And that ended up being kind of an iconic scene. So during the scene where Rocky's loan shark boss, Gazzo, uh, played by Joe Spinell, he's talking to Rocky about, you know, not breaking the dock workers' thumbs and all that. So in the middle of the scene, Gazzo pulls out an inhaler, like mid-sentence, and he uses it. That wasn't in the script. As it turns out, the actor was actually having an asthma attack, and he needed to use the inhaler, like, right on the spur of the moment. So he did. And the director thought it kind of brought a cool authenticity to the scene, so he, he left it in. There were also a couple of interesting prop mishaps during the production. There's a poster above the ring before uh, Rocky fights Apollo. And on the poster, Rocky's wearing red shorts with a white stripe when in the actual fight, he's wearing white shorts with a red stripe. This was uh, an actual mistake. The props department ordered the wrong colors for the poster, and they couldn't afford to fix it. So, again, Sylvester Stallone came up with the idea for the scene where Rocky points it out to the, uh, the promoter, and the promoter says to him, does it really matter? And it became kind of a cool little scene. Uh, the comment about Rocky's robe being too baggy... Again, same thing. The, the robe came to the set. It was too baggy for Stallone, but rather than spend the money on getting a better robe, or rather than hope people wouldn't notice that it was really baggy, Rocky just kind of points it out. Talk about making lemonade from lemons, right? A lot of the scenes of Rocky jogging through Philadelphia uh, were actually shot guerrilla style. No permits, no equipment, no extras. Uh, the famous shot of Rocky jogging through the food market. One of the shopkeepers throws him an orange, completely improvised. The guy had no idea what was going on, that he was going to be in a movie. And none of the onlookers watching this guy running down the street had any idea what was happening either. Why is this guy running down the street? And why is there a guy hanging out of a van filming him? Who knows? Turns out it was for the best picture of 1976. And there were two scenes where Rocky runs up the infamous stairs of the museum. The first scene where he's running and he gets the cramp and he can't do it and he stops. And then, of course, the second scene during Gonna Fly Now, when he's running up and and he gets to the top triumphantly. Those two scenes, when he runs up the stairs, filmed just two hours apart. Rocky's address in the movie is 1818 East Tusculum Street in Philly. 
if you ever want to go visit. <laughs> I'm sure people would love to see you. Rocky does his famous run to the Philadelphia Art Museum, which is at 2600 Benjamin Franklin Parkway in Philly. And if he took the most direct route, he would be running 5.29 miles. I know this is all information that uh, you're going to lose sleep if you don't know, so I'm, that's what I'm telling you. And also, Sylvester Stallone, he actually quit smoking cigarettes during the filming of the movie because he kept getting out of breath. Another great thing that came out of Rocky, healthier lungs for Stallone. The famous scene of Rocky punching the, uh, the slabs of beef in the meat locker. A couple of cool things about that scene. Number one, Stallone punched the meat so hard for so long, he actually flattened out his knuckles. To this day, when he makes a fist, his knuckles are all level. So remember the scene when Rocky is being interviewed in the meat house by the local newswoman? Well, the director, John G. Avildsen, can be seen as the cameraman in that scene, and the cinematographer, James Crabb, is the lighting man. There's a pivotal scene also in the movie where Sylvester Stallone is kind of starting to get a little nervous about the fight. It's the night before the fight. He's laying in bed, and he's talking to Adrian and expressing his fears about getting into the ring. That scene, believe it or not, was not even supposed to be in the movie. Stallone insisted that it be in there. He thought that that really elevated the uh, emotional aspect of what he was going through. And production was so far behind that the producers said, look, we, we don't have the budget for it, but we'll do one take, one quick take. If you get it, we'll put it in. Otherwise, we're not going to be able to do it. And Stallone, he did it in one take. A couple of family members with cameos in the movie, too. Sylvester Stallone's father has a cameo playing the man who rings the opening bell of the Creed Balboa fight. And Stallone's younger brother, Frank, also has a cameo. He plays the lead singer of the band that sings the song Take You Back Around the Garbage Can earlier in the movie. Stallone and Carl Weathers rehearsed the fight choreography for over 35 hours. They wanted to make the fight look more authentic and less staged than a lot of the other boxing movies that had come out around that time. Sylvester Stallone and Carl Weathers actually really got injured, too, um, when they were shooting the final fight. It's kind of interesting, too. Stallone actually suffered bruised ribs, Carl Weathers a damaged nose, the opposite injuries of what their characters had in the film. And this is the only Rocky film, by the way, where parts of the fight scenes are not in slow motion. That's kind of an interesting thing that, you know, if you're not really paying attention, you'll miss. And um, a lot of the arena seats for the fight scenes were empty because uh, they, they really couldn't drum up interest from extras to come and fill those seats because this was like an unknown movie. It wasn't anything. I mean, now if they're filming a Rocky movie, uh, you know, millions of people will probably come out to say, they were, hey, I sat in the, in the stands at a Rocky movie. But back then they didn't. And so they ended up having to use stock footage of some crowds for certain scenes. If you look carefully, you might even see some empty seats during those fight scenes. Incidentally, the most expensive cost of filming was the makeup, as you probably could imagine. A lot of really cool stuff about a great movie, a great series of movies, I think. I might talk about some of the other Rocky movies, you know, down the road, but there's so many great movies that I want to talk about on this podcast. So uh, I'm hoping to have some guests with me in the future, too. It all depends on people's schedules. I have some good friends that are big fans of movies the way I am, and I'd like to, you know, involve them in this, too, because I think it'd be a lot of fun. So, hey, if you have any thoughts or screen facts of your own about Rocky, please let me know. Email me at screenfacts at yahoo.com. I'd love to hear from you. And uh, I'll definitely try to read people's emails in future podcasts. And please visit my website when you're online, jasondavisvoice.com. So thanks for downloading and listening. I really appreciate it. Join me again every Wednesday for more Screen Facts with Jason Davis. Bye-bye.